catching you up on the latest stories from around the Sunshine State that you should know heading into this Friday morning, January 14th. I'm Julia Cooper, and this is The Point from WUFT News. Research indicates that as climate change gradually warms our oceans, marine species are beginning to respond with behavioral changes. One such change was found in a study led by University of Miami marine ecologist Neil Hammerschlag. The study compiled 40 years of shark tagging data. It revealed that the apex predator species tiger sharks have been shifting their migration patterns along Florida's coast. I spoke with WLRN's Jenny Stiletovich about how this pattern might affect Florida's ecosystems. So it is about um, climate change and tiger sharks. The professor who led the study at the University of Miami is a tiger shark researcher. He, uh, actually, he's a shark researcher, not just tiger sharks, but he studies sharks around the world. And he started to wonder if climate change, which was affecting other species, and plenty of studies have been done on other species, were also affecting tiger sharks. Last year, the year before, there was a, um, a pretty severe marine heat wave in the north that affected great white sharks. And, and in the last IPCC, the International Panel on Climate Change UN report, they mentioned that there would be an increase in frequency and intensity of marine heat waves. So this was sort of weighing on his mind. So because he had been studying sharks for so long, he had all this data. He's been tagging them, tracking them with satellites, and he had colleagues working at NOAA who also had uh, information from catches. And, and that painted a picture of their range and their migration. So what do the findings from this study mean for tiger sharks? So the big takeaway is that he found that the sharks were migrating much farther north than they had been because the because of warming ocean temperatures. In the spring and summer, they move north into cooler waters. And because waters are warmer all up the coast, they've extended their range by about 250 miles. Um, they were also leaving to migrate sooner in the year. And what that does is it makes the the protected zones along the coast that protect them from commercial fishing, less effective. Those zones are set up not only by where they're located, but the time of year to coincide with when species are moving through so that these uh, commercial fishing industry aren't catching sharks and other species. The second big takeaway, <laughs> not only are they moving north and and becoming less protective, but it suggests that some of the existing laws and rules that we have in place to protect threatened wildlife like tiger sharks um, need to adjust with climate change. You know, they're not keeping up with climate change. Tiger sharks are, they're called an apex predator. So they're one of the widest ranging in tropical waters. They're big, sturdy fish. Uh, they eat anything. So they, their range is not dependent on food. It's not, nothing preys on them. Whale sharks do, I think, but, but they're basically these big, bold animals that can go anywhere they want. The only thing that constrains them is temperature because they're cold-blooded. Um, and so that makes them a really good kind of indicator species too of when temperature impacts are affecting wildlife. Was there anything that didn't make it into the story, but you found to be significant in the process of your reporting? Well, one of the things I touched on that, that I didn't get into a lot, um, because this always interests me, is how the ocean puzzle fits together and the pieces. And it's the cascading effects that sometimes when we do these stories and we just talk about 
this study looked at one species, people may not understand that, you know, it goes up and down the food chain. So if something happens with tiger sharks and they change where they swim or what time of year they're in a certain location, it impacts the things around them. They eat sea turtles, which I mentioned in the story. Um, sea turtles eat seagrass. That's important because seagrass, which can overgrow and get too lush, right? Right now in Florida, we're suffering from this incredible loss of seagrass, but the opposite can happen too when there are too many nutrients in the water and it and it fertilizes the seagrass too much. Um, it can kind of take over and cause problems too. So if you are missing sea turtles that kind of help keep that balance because the sharks are gone, then you're gonna have problems with seagrass. That was WLRN's Jenny Stiletovich on shifting tiger shark migration patterns and the potential impacts on Florida. Now, let's catch you up on today's top stories from around the state. Disney Cruises is now requiring that all guests must be fully vaccinated against COVID-19 to board their ships. According to WFME, the new requirement went into effect Thursday for everyone five years or older and comes just after several cruise lines canceled cruises after COVID outbreaks aboard their ships. Guests will now be required to submit proof of their vaccination through the Disney Safe Passage website. Along with this new rule, capacity on board has been reduced, and all guests two years and older must wear a mask on any Disney cruise. The Florida House of Representatives is set to vote on a bill that would protect the identity of Florida lottery winners. According to Florida Politics, the House State Affairs Committee voted Thursday in support of House Bill 159. Florida law currently requires that the phone numbers and addresses of winners are kept confidential. The bill would make it so that those who win a lottery of $250,000 or more can have their names kept confidential for 90 days if they wish. Supporters of the bill believe that it might shield Floridians from the unintended consequences of receiving publicity after winning the lottery, which can include scams, harassment, and even loss of life. As the city of Jacksonville still struggles with the driver shortage, residents shouldn't expect to see curbside recycling services return anytime soon. According to WJCT, curbside recycling services were cut in October of last year and expected to return after six months. Ongoing staffing issues could prevent that from happening. An email sent to the city council explained that at the peak of the city's waste issues, over 4,000 waste collections from properties were missed. After suspending curbside recycling, the city reduced that number to 500 by December. The city will be able to adjust contracts with disposal companies next month. Increasing contract prices, which may bring in more drivers, would require that either residents pay more in fees or the city adds to their $200 million debt count. Subscribe to The Point newsletter, which drops the latest Florida stories in your inbox every morning, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Visit WUFT.org for more information. I'm Julia Cooper, and you've been listening to The Point from WUFT News out of the University of Florida. Have a great Friday.